All right, good morning, everyone. It's good morning for me. It really is morning when I say good morning. Some people like Nathan, it's more like good afternoon because you like wake up at 4 a.m. This is the thoughts that go through my mind. I was like, oh, 10 seconds left. I guess I'll just start by saying good morning. It, it is morning to me, but a lot of people here, it's really not. What is that like? Have you eaten anything yet? No. Yeah, that, that would be awful. I don't think I could do it. And just as a preface, we are going to talk about real things today, but before we do that, more nonsense. I have really bad indigestion right now. So if I casually like hold the mic away and then look over here and act like I'm looking at that, for some reason, I'm not. I'm just burping, <laughs> and I'm trying to hide it. <laughs> so now that we're on the same page about that. Um, I am supposed to talk about this idea of, well, Jesus' words. Um, Whoever tries to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake, he will find it. So we're going to talk about that, what in the world that's supposed to mean, um, and as we love to do, that's going to come with context, right? What that means in context, um, what that means for us, what we think about when we read that or hear that at first, and then um, how that looks through Paul's lens, which kind of lends to more the the figurative sense, perhaps. But let's start diving into that stuff. So it kind of seems like a riddle, right? Anyone seen Cars? It's kind of like when Doc tells Lightning McQueen to turn right to go left. I'm looking at Mark because I know he watches that movie regularly. Um. <laughs> but for some reason, when we read that, or at least when I do, it is almost instantly a figurative thing. You know, I hear something like that, and I go, okay, what's the deeper meaning? I go immediately to that, which is kind of funny because I'm not so certain, I could be wrong, but I'm not so certain that the original audience, you know, I'm not certain that his disciples immediately went figurative when they heard that. You know, try to save your life, and you're going to lose it. Try to lose your life for my sake, and you will find it. I don't think they sat on the rock and just were like, what could that possibly mean? Because the world they lived in is so different than ours. We're safe here. You know, no one's constantly trying to take our life. We're not waking up every morning going, you know, someone's going to ask you if you're a Christ follower and they're going to kill you. This is a world where you, if you got called into maybe a persecution for the next few hundred years would be awful. I mean, all of these disciples, almost all of them, died by execution because of what they believed, because of who they followed. So these people literally could have been brought in front of a Roman tribunal, and if they said they followed Christ, they would have lost their life, and if they said they didn't, then they could have saved it. So already, it has a, a very real context there. And this is referenced in a couple places. It's referenced in Luke, and it's referenced in Matthew, this idea of Christ saying it. When he says it in Luke, it's Surrounded by take up your cross, and yet that's where he says the Son of Man must suffer many things, and he says he'll even be killed by the chief priests. That's right where he says that. So he's already talking about how I'm going to die. So I'm going to die, and by the way, if you try to save your life, you'll lose it. So that has a very clear context there, an immediate meaning. Now, it's not, that's not to say that there isn't a deeper meaning. There is. There is a more vast way that this affects us than just, you know, um, don't deny Christ if someone has a gun to your head. There's a deeper meaning here. And that's shown better in Matthew. Um, when Jesus is talking about this in Matthew, that's where he's talking about, you know, hating your father and mother. And that's, I 
believe Jace is supposed to talk about that. He hasn't yet, but he will, and that'll be good. But this is a, a different context, right? Now we're getting into deeper meanings. <laughs> we're getting into some figurative stuff, um, which is what does lose your life actually mean? What does gaining your life actually mean? Now, think about that as um, we think about Paul. I think Paul is a good example in his letter to the Philippians. Um, Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, lists off a bunch of things that most people in his culture would think are awesome, great accomplishments. He literally lists off these great things, and he calls himself blameless according to the law, which he was. He basically says, guys, I'm a goody two-shoes. I was a goody two-shoes. I did everything perfect, and I count it all as loss. I count it all as loss for the sake of of Christ, and especially in the view of the surpassing knowledge of Christ, is what he says. So he looks at all these amazing things, all these great things that he does, or that he has done, according to the law at least, and he counts those as loss. And then we think about um, Christ's words again, right? Whoever tries to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it, okay? Paul looks at a seemingly good life according from a Jew's perspective of the world and goes, yeah, I count that as lost. That's lost. I'm losing that for the sake of Christ, for gaining Christ. So that's a little different than what we normally think of because back to what we normally think of when we first read this text is, or what people tell us, you have to lay aside all the bad stuff. That's what we think. That's probably the most common interpretation. You have to lose your life in order to save it. Well, lose your life means stop chasing money and sin and all this stuff and focus on Christ. Well, it's, it's more than that. You know, you can say that and just move on, but it's deeper. One, you have the right, Christ is talking about persecution. Don't just, you know, um, forego his name <laughs> for the sake of your own life. But there's a deeper meaning here. You know, there's more than one way we can try to save our life. Sure, giving up your life means saying no to sin and, and trusting in God, right? But it's more than that. I don't, I don't think any of us struggle with that idea. That's kind of easy because that's more black and white. Saying no to sin, well, yeah, the four-year-old can tell you this, right? Anyone can tell you to say no to sin. But what's easier to get entrapped in? The, the stuff that's very obviously bad that you know to stay away from or the stuff that can almost sort of sneak up on you. And what I mean by that is our lives, what we spend our time on. You know, if, <laughs> if you're selling drugs, then it's kind of easy to tell that maybe this is a bad thing to do. But if you're just working really, really hard and your focus is on making a lot of money and this is something that just slowly takes over and takes over all of your time and all of your focus, it's not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself, but if it becomes number one, well, it's a bad thing. I think that's more dangerous because that's not black and white. That's not something that we're going to see in big flashing red lights. And that's sort of what Paul's getting at a little bit here, in a sense. He's talking about how we have to lay down everything, not just all the bad stuff. We have to lay down the good stuff, too. Why? Because when we start trusting in those things, what we're doing is we're trusting in ourselves, to save our life, and it doesn't work. He says, he's basically saying, hey guys, being a goody two-shoes doesn't save you. I was, it doesn't. Being blameless according to the law doesn't save you. I was, it doesn't. Trusting in Christ saved you. 
And that's so awesome. And we have to focus on that so much that everything else, even being a goody two-shoes, we have to count as loss. We have to lose that. That's part of what losing your life means. It means trusting in Christ for everything. You know, you think of the verse, um, it's another one that we commonly misinterpret. Um, Nothing can snatch you out of the Father's hand. We think of that, right? And what we often miss is, yeah, nothing can snatch us out, but we can jump out, okay? So it's not to be an excuse to just do whatever you want. Oh, nothing can snatch me out of the Father's hand. I'm good. That's that's not quite how that works. Um, It's an assurance of God, not of us. (laughs) That's an assurance of God and how much he trusts, how much he loves us and how much we can trust him that he will protect us, but that goes hand in hand with losing your life to save it. When we lose our life, we we give control over to God. We lose it, but all that goes somewhere, right? We have control of our life, and we're working really hard, and we're trusting in us doing good, and we're striving for that, just like Paul was. That's what Paul was doing. When he says, I did all these good things, and I was blameless according to the law. Paul's life at that point, he was striving really hard to save his life by doing all these very good things. And he was trusting in those, not trusting in Christ. And that's where a lot of us struggle. And that's the more, I'll say dangerous or harder path because it's easy to say no to sin. It's a little harder to sit back and look at our life, mostly because we stay so busy. We're constantly, you know, doing things. We're constantly busy. And the the sin's just a big red flashing light. And everything else kind of just gets swept under the rug because it has to do with motive, right? And how often do we sit down to think about why we do a thing? I, I don't that often, not as often as I should. I just do stuff. I don't think about why I'm doing it very much. Um, so Paul's doing all these good things, and good things aren't bad, but why is important. Are we doing them because we're trusting in Christ, or are we trusting in these good things that we're doing? Are we trusting in ourselves? And that's the, the huge ticket there. <laughs> so that's huge. One second. This is one of those verses where once you communicate the idea, it's, um, it's difficult to communicate more than that because we, you know, we have what we typically know, which is that we have what we already knew, rather, what people tell us all the time, which is to turn away from sin. And then we have our new idea, <laughs> that this has to do with persecution a little bit, which has a lot less to do with us. And then we have the, the, bigger, the bigger figurative meaning, I'll call it, which Paul highlights in Philippians. I think we just have to connect that dot, which is huge and very important. And I think it just goes to show that in Scripture, it's kind of funny because oftentimes we're reading something and there's more than one meaning to a thing. And we're trying to find, well, which one's right? And there's what the author intended, which one could argue that Jesus, maybe in Luke, intends for this to be a caution against abandoning his name in the face of persecution. And then Matthew, maybe he means something else. But you could read both of those and come away with different truths. And maybe one of them isn't what Jesus meant for us to get out of it. But there's truth in it nonetheless. 
So it's very cool to sit down and read these and, th and think about it, have discussions about these, and often we'll, we'll come to deeper understanding. So even if you think you have an answer, don't just pass over it right away. Go back and think about what else it could mean, even if you were taught something else. You might even be wrong, but that's okay. It's very fun. But let's go ahead and pray, and we'll close. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for family. Thank you that we get to gather here together. Thank you that we really don't have to face persecution for your name's sake. Help us to stay strong in a day that we might. We love you. Help us to lay aside anything and everything in light of your name. We love you. In your name we pray, amen.